Hello and welcome to the Hello Judges podcast. My guest this week is Zoe Williams. Zoe works for Clifton Coffee and this year took second place in her first ever competition. We have a good chat about UKBC, getting first timers to give it a go and we make some threats of organising an elaborate signature drink calibration event. This episode was prepared with the Weiss distribution method to break up the clumps and evenly distribute the grounds for a more evenly extracted podcast. Please enjoy. Hello Zoe, welcome to the Hello Judges podcast. Hello, how are you? Yeah, really good. Uh, how are you doing? Good, thank you. Awesome. Uh, let's get stuck into some, maybe one or two light questions before we get fully into the world of competition. What coffee are you drinking at home at the moment? Oh, you know, I've actually still got some of my competition coffee. Not the not the actual batch that I used for competition, um, but we've got it in the roastery and I am not bored of it yet. So that's what I'm drinking at home. Yeah, you, you feel like you should get like a free unlimited supply of it because you did so well in the competition with it. Yeah, that's what I tell myself. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Um, so I suppose let's talk about that coffee. Like, why did you, okay, we are going to get straight into competition then, I suppose. <laughs> I can't, I can't help myself. Uh, why did you <laughs> pick that coffee? You picked, uh, it was a geisha from the Hartman family in Panama, right? Yeah. Um, so I kind of wanted to pick a coffee that came from the Hartman. It actually comes from Rocky Mountain Farm. Um, mainly because that was kind of like my first, introduction to like the producers that we work with at Clifton so James who works at Clifton Coffee who competed the year before me used a coffee from the Hartmans and they actually came over to the roastery and so they're the only producers I've ever met and at the time I was like super excited about that so I just thought it'd be nice as my first competition to kind of go down that route and we've always got their coffee at the roastery so and it's delicious. Amazing. So you met the Hartmans before you did the semi-finals. Yeah. So LK and Diana came to the roastery last year. Now at some point, to kind of cut some of their coffees and stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Like when you've met a producer and you use their coffee in competition, you feel that sort of like more of a connection, and you want to like you want to do them proud. You want to do the coffee justice, and I think it. Like, for me, at least, I know it helps my performance, like, having that connection. Yeah, exactly. So what made you decide to give UKBC a go? Um, It has kind of been something I've been thinking about for a little while. Um, When I was working as a barista in New Zealand, my friend Logan competed, and I went to watch and was like blown away that there was even such a thing as coffee competition but was kind of like oh maybe one day like in the distant future I'd do it um but then everybody at Clifton Coffee is just like super supportive kind of encouraging me to enter and then they changed the rules and I was like because I'd always said oh I won't enter until I can use plant milk because I've been vegan for a long time I don't really drink cow's milk um So then I signed up and then obviously they announced that they weren't using the new rules, which 
then I was like, oh, maybe I will, maybe I won't. And in the end, I kind of just thought the only way I'm going to learn about competition is by giving it a go. And I won't make it past the heat anyway, so why don't I just try it and then kind of see see what happens, was what I was thinking. And obviously I made it past the heat, so <laughs> then I yeah. have to keep going. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you actually won your heat in Cardiff, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, how was that? Like, first first time competing, you've gone to Cardiff, you've entered, and you get to the end of the competition and actually you've got the highest score on the day uh yeah that was a bit surreal to be honest I I was really really nervous I didn't actually watch anybody else so I was really happy with like how mine had gone because it had pretty much gone as well as it had gone in rehearsals which because I'd never done anything like that before I had no idea how I was going to react when I got up on that stage. I didn't know if I was going to remember my lines or drop everything or just be a nervous wreck. So I was kind of happy that it went well, but I had no idea how anybody else had done. So until they kind of called the results, I really honestly didn't know where I kind of stood in the rankings. Yeah, it's a tricky one because like, even if you do watch everybody, you can watch someone's routine and think, oh, they've done such a good job, like they really know their stuff. And then if the coffee isn't quite tasting right, then that could be the thing that puts you right down at the bottom of the leaderboard. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, nobody tries those drinks other than the judges. So, like, even like when I do it, I think, yeah, that went well, but I don't actually know what they tasted. So we've got a question from Claire Wallace. Uh, Claire says, what did you feel your biggest hurdle was as a first-time competitor? Um, definitely just, like, actually signing up to do it. I think, like, getting over the fear of that almost, like, imposter syndrome of, like, I shouldn't be here is definitely the hardest thing to get over. But then I also think, like, at a semi-final or final level, I kind of think I had an advantage because I was so like, how have I got here? How has this happened? I shouldn't really be here. But I was just so excited. I think it kind of like calmed my nerves a little bit. Like there was no pressure whatsoever. So, yeah, I think the biggest hurdle definitely is just like convincing yourself to do it in the first place. And then just enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. It can go either way, right? Like, it can get to the point where you've, like, practiced so much and maybe you're sick of your own routine and you're, like, not having a good time or you're stressed on the day. Or you can be, like, just, like, floating along, like, having an amazing time. And it's hard to predict, like, how you're going to feel on the day. Yeah. I mean, I was definitely sick of my own voice. (laughs) I've done that routine so many times. But I purposely didn't do any run-throughs the two days before the semi-finals, so that I hadn't like, so I didn't turn up feeling burnt out. I kind of like did it all a few days before, over and over and over and over again, and then gave myself a few days to kind of get in the right headspace, I guess, so that I was excited then to do it again. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of doing it. Like the week before I went to the semi-finals. I was like, I'm just going to do one a day. 
Like, you know, yeah. one 15-minute run through at the beginning of each day and not, like, not overdo it. Because if you're at that point the week before, like, you shouldn't need to be, like, cramming so much. Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm i not good at cramming. I never have been, even, like, with exams. I think at that point, I just need to sleep and eat and chill out, really. Yeah, definitely. Sleeping, eating, chilling out. Key ingredients to success. <laughs> yeah. So at Clifton, like you guys have got quite a good history of competitions. I know James and Joe in particular in the past couple of years have been pretty involved, like in multiple competitions as well. What's the culture like internally at Clifton for competing? Um, very supportive, I guess. Um, I guess like I think that only really became super apparent to me as well like once I was in the competition because I don't know any different really because I've not competed anywhere else um but yeah I've been so so lucky in that like as a company they're happy to invest in in people in terms of like buying nice copies buying the equipment allowing me to use some time to practice as well as like using the roastery in my free time as well um and you know me and joe both competed this year they're happy to kind of let us do that too and yeah i had lots of people watching me and giving me feedback and yeah i definitely wouldn't have done as well as i'd done if i didn't have all those fountains of knowledge kind of helping me along the way yeah absolutely like an, a bunch of super skilled coffee professionals all of who are like you know they've been in the game a while they know what they're what they're up for yeah exactly uh what's changed for you since uh doing the ukbc like in terms of like how you feel or how the, like have you had people reaching out to you that you don't know like what's different now um yeah i've had a few people kind of recognize me i guess and like congratulate me and like tell me they've watched my performance which is like really cool and also really strange like <laughs> I forget that other people are actually interested in watching these competitions especially people who don't work in coffee I've had a few people that it's just like a hobby and they've still watched it and been interested which is really nice um but I guess it's just given me a bit more confidence in okay I kind of know how to be a barista because <laughs> it was massive, massive, like, imposter syndrome, I guess, with, like, not feeling like I was ready or that I was good enough to do it. Um, so, yeah, that was quite nice. But my day-to-day life is pretty similar, to be honest. <laughs> Did you have um, a favourite part of competing? Uh, doing the final, like... I generally just really enjoyed because I just like could not believe that I was there and because a few things had kind of not gone as well on in the semi-finals as I wanted I was just really excited to like get back out there and make sure that I did it even better and like it didn't matter then like even if I came sixth I would have been absolutely over the moon so you know there was nothing really to worry about. Yeah, awesome. Well, I've got another audience question from um, 
last week's guest, Yanis Poddins from Coffee Collective. Yanis says, uh, coming in second place is never easy, like knowing you came so close to winning. How are you going to make the most out of this and use it? Um, I, well, I mean, firstly, coming second was definitely like absolutely amazing. I, I never expected to win. Um, but it's definitely made me want to do it again. Um, even if, you know, obviously if you come second, you're not guaranteed you're going to come first next time, but there's just so many things that I can work on now that I understand a little bit better how I react on stage and kind of where maybe my strengths are and my weaknesses are. And I guess now I've got the confidence to do it. Um, and I'm already kind of thinking about it. Whereas my routine for the semi-finals this time, I started six weeks before the semi-final and that was all the time I had. So this time I'm going to be kind of slow and steady thinking about it and really trying to do something a little bit different, I guess. I played it very safe this time. I just was like, where do I score points? Do all those things. Where do I lose points? Don't do those things. <laughs> yeah, like, I think it's better to, like, understand how the game works before you try and, like, go crazy with it, right? Yeah, exactly. I feel like it was a very, like, simple routine. Whereas this time it might be nice to, like, pick a theme that's a little bit more different or maybe a bit more in-depth to do with coffee rather than just... It was kind of like my story, I guess, this time. Awesome. Um, So next time you compete, you can probably use alternative milk so you don't have to deal with the whole dairy situation. Um, Will it be next year? Will we see you in UKBC next year, do you think? Yes. Whether I use an alternative milk or not is still now now up for debate. Um, I'm kind of torn between, I guess, morals and also knowing what scores well. Um, But it's another element to kind of have fun with. You know, I'm really excited to try different milks and try different coffees and how they work with alternative milks and, and all that kind of thing. But yes, I will definitely be doing it again. Yeah, I think it's a big like catch twenty two situation that like all vegan competitors are facing. Like, you know, we've competed before and we like people have done well with freeze distilled cow's milk and stuff like that. And yeah. you've got absolutely no idea how alternative milk's gonna go down in the competition. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like do I play it safe or do I gamble? And I don't I don't know yet. I haven't decided. <laughs> I'm uh I'm looking forward to seeing if we'll see any alternative milks in the finals of WBC this year. Yeah. Well, I was speaking to um I was speaking to Ian about it actually cuz he was saying that they're thinking about using an alternative milk cuz it's much easier to like get that into into Greece like transporting cow's milk is much harder. Um so even just from like a practical point of view, people might do it because then you can guarantee it's going to taste the same. You know, if you buy a brand of plant milk, for example, you know what you're getting. But yeah, I'm excited to see that. Maybe it'll yeah. give me some ideas. 
Yeah, definitely. Are you going to be watching the live stream or are you heading over to Athens? I am going to be at Glastonbury, but I will be watching it when I'm in bed recovering before I go back to work. (laughs) Yeah, wise. Definitely a good way to do it. So aside from the Bristol Championships, have you considered doing any of the other coffee competitions that are out there? Um, yeah, only as recently. I watched Brewers Cup this year for the first time, embarrassingly. Um, and kind of was like, wait, why did I start with UKVC? There's so much work in that one. Um, not that Brewers is easy by any means, but it's just way more like focusing on the coffee and there's not, you know, signature drinks and there's just not as many things to do on stage, I guess. Um, and I actually love drinking filter coffee, so maybe in terms of like training for it, it would be a little bit nicer because drinking 30 espressos is much harder than drinking 30 cups of filter coffee. Um, but maybe I'm just going to do like one at a time, you know, once I've done UKVC a few times and hopefully done a bit better, I guess, then maybe I'll move on to brewers, but, um, in terms of the others, latte art, no. I don't really have any interest in doing that, to be honest. <laughs> um, cup tasters, maybe. We've kind of said that a few of us might might just give that a go, because I guess that takes the least amount of prep time. Well, it can do. You know, like Effectively, you could just turn up and slurp the coffee. You're probably not going to do very well, but you could do. Yeah. um i feel like i started with the one that probably takes the most the most money and the most time to like put into it in terms of all the different components Um, yeah definitely how how did you uh cope with that side of things like were you prepared to spend so much of your personal time thinking and obsessing about barista championship (laughs) Um, yeah, I didn't, I don't think I really thought about it, to be honest, because, like, I, I, I generally didn't think I was going to get through the heats, so I hadn't really planned for that to happen, and then, I guess because it was only six weeks from heats to semis, it was a very intense, kind of, short period of time, so I was kind of happy to to dive in and just sprint to the end. Yeah, awesome. Have you got any, like, favourite routines that you've enjoyed watching in the past from other competitors? Um, yeah, I mean, I loved I loved Claire's routine. I've watched that God knows how many times, especially, like, the world final one. Um, I Yeah, I watched that so so many times I remember watching Dale Harris his world routine that was one of the few ones where I was like whoa I've never like seen something like this before it was like really really entertaining which some routines are like really good but they're maybe not maybe entertaining is not quite the right word but whereas that I thought was like fun to watch um, who else have I watched? I feel like I just 
watched so many in just such a short space of time because um, I hadn't really watched any either until I signed up. <laughs> I went from zero to 100 very quickly. Yeah, and you spend like forever on YouTube watching these routines and then you notice somebody do something and you're like, oh, I saw somebody else do that and they also did really well. You know, like, okay, this is something I should probably definitely squeeze into my routine. Yeah. Was there anything in regards to competition that you wanted to talk about that hasn't been brought up? I guess, well, I don't really, like, I feel like I don't know competition, like, I've only done it once. (laughs) So I guess maybe the only perspective I can share is, like, first-time competitors and, like, just making, like, I want to encourage other people to do it, like, first-time. I think there was quite a few first-time contestants in the final, like, well, in the semi-final, sorry, because I know me and, what's his name, Jack, from Grumpy Mule? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so two first-timers in the final, like, it's hopefully going to encourage people to do it. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, have you got any thoughts on getting first timers into competition <laughs> yeah well I, th- I think like you said last year was a really good year for first timers so they'd opened up more heats in different parts of the country which made it uh, accessible and there was something like you know 60 plus people in total competed in the UK last year which is amazing and I don't it's always quite daunting when you see the same people entering year after year and coming in the finals every single year. You think, oh, they really know what they're doing. Like, I I could never be up there. But like, you know, you, for example, you're an amazing um, example to people who are like, I'm not so sure about it. Like, you give it a go and look where you can get if you've got the right team around you and the right mindset. Like you don't have to have a load of competition experience to win it. Yeah, exactly. I think um, the rule of, like, the the, first, the people who win the heats going through as well, obviously I think that's great because I actually wouldn't have been in the semi-final if that wasn't a rule because I wasn't in the top 14 scores, but because I came first, managed to get through. And I think that's really good for first-time competitors because... Just from like a logistical point of view, because it was my first competition, maybe like, you know, I wasn't using the same coffee as I did in the semi-final because it was kind of like, okay, there's probably a limit on like how much money and how much time we're going to invest in somebody when it's their first competition because you don't really know how well they're going to do. But then if you do well in your heats and you go through, then that's when you can kind of like up your game. So it probably encourages people as well to compete for the first time. You don't need to like worry too much about putting in like loads and loads of money. Um, you can still do really well in your heat. And then you know you're going to the semi-final, which is kind of an advantage because some people didn't know, right? So they had to wait until all the heats were over before they like knew for sure. Whereas I could just start rehearsing straight away. Yeah. Like, imagine how soul-destroying it would be to, like, come top of your heat and feel like, yes, I've smashed it, amazing, and then to not make it through to the semi-finals. Yeah, I know. 
I mean, I did feel a little bit bad for there was two people from Gales who both scored exactly the same. And I think it was like half a point or one point more than me. But they didn't go through because I came top of the heat. Um, and I did feel a little bit bad for them. But I have actually met them since and they said, no, we were <laughs> we were fine. We're happy that you went through because you did well. Um, but I think like little rules like that as well should help people. Because it means then you've at least got one person from every like region as well. It's not just like, oh, everybody's coming from London, for example, because they're probably going to score maybe a bit higher because you tend to have, you know, lots of really skilled baristas in London. Yeah, we need to, uh, all those people from like the Midlands up need to work hard. I'm including Bristol as the Midlands, but it's definitely not the Midlands. Anyway, <laughs> any, any, anywhere north of London, right? Oh, outside of London. Is Bristol north of London? I'm not even sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> Don't test me on my geography. Right. Any <laughs> Anywhere outside of London, like, we need to work together to stop um, stop London always having the advantage in these competitions, right? Yeah. Although that I mean, being... I guess it's just a game of numbers too, right? Like, there's just way more people in London. So there will be more baristas who want to compete. I guess, or be really good because the pool of people is much larger. Yeah, and they tend to have, like, two London heats as well recently. Yeah. And, of course, like the semi-finals and the finals are in London as well. So, Have you got any, like, pro hints or tips for uh, competitors, like things you know you did that were, like, really helped you get second place you got any secret knowledge you want to drop um it sounds really boring but i feel like it's the organizational things that are like super important like just everybody says it everybody says read the rules and it sounds really obvious but like i literally just went through the rules and wrote down these are all the things that the judges are looking for that score me points. And these are all the things that will lose me points or will get me disqualified. And then like when I was, I guess, putting my routine together, you just make sure you have all the things that score you points and none of the things that make you lose points. And then you're kind of just playing the game in, in that respect. And then also looking at the score sheet too, just making sure you understand like, what they're looking for in a in a milk drink, what they're looking for in the espresso and the signature drink too. I think one of the like most valuable things I did for signature drink, because I was really stressed about that because you can watch all these routines and, you know, like your routine, for example, like with your signature drink and stuff, but I'm not tasting it. So I don't really know what is a good signature drink and what's a bad signature drink. So we recreated Claire's signature drink. We like got all the ingredients and we made it. So we kind of had an idea of like, this is what a balanced espresso forward signature drink tastes like that scores well and the judges like. Um, and then, yeah, Claire gave me a bit of advice as well on kind of how she came up with that. And then I just like, tasted loads and loads and loads of different ingredients and like combined them and 
kind of felt like, you know, when you're a kid and you have a bath and you're just like making potions and you're just pouring random things together. It was kind of a little bit like that. Um, but yeah, I think for the signature drink, if you, especially if you're a first time competitor, maybe just make a few of the other people's drinks first. I know you can't always use exactly the same coffee, but even if you can find one that's kind of you know, a similar origin or process or kind of flavor profile, that might help with that side of things because that's probably the hardest part of being a first-time competitor, I think, is the signature drink. I don't know about you, but I haven't made that when I was a barista. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, <laughs> it's such a good piece of advice because, like, if you haven't spent, like, a full day preparing for comp, like, tasting loads of awful concoctions for signature drinks, like, you've not really tried, right? Yeah, exactly. And the thing I was struggling with is that, like, I'd make things and I'd be like, this is delicious, but is it going to score well? That's kind of where you've got to figure out what's good and bad as well, because drinks can be delicious, but they, they might not score very well if it's not very balanced or if it doesn't taste like the espresso or even if it doesn't taste different to the espresso. So like the key thing with your signature drink, which I know you're aware of, is that like you have to do like A plus B equals C kind of idea you know you have to not be like oh my espresso tastes like strawberry I'm gonna add strawberry you have to take the strawberry I don't know add some pineapple and turn it into plum that kind of idea um which is a little bit hard to get your head around sometimes I think well I certainly struggled with that but that's like a really important part of it which I think a lot of people probably fall down on actually you can make a delicious drink but there's more to it than that yeah definitely and like a good thing that you touched on is like you can watch the videos and see some someone make a signature drink and think yeah that sounds amazing but at the time that the competitors are making the drink they've not had any feedback from the judges on how it's scoring so you really need to like you know message people and be like oh how did your signature drink score like i just watched your routine and it sounded great and like you know if people aren't trying to like be like oh i keep my secrets to myself i'm not gonna you know i don't think many people are like that but like for example like everyone i've chatted to i've got like a folder on my desktop of people's score sheets so if i'm like oh like i wonder how like Aaron's espresso did in the heats in Manchester last year like I just double click in there and I could see like okay yeah and oh and he used this ratio and he roasted it for that long so just like it's important to make decisions not just based on what you see people do but how you know they performed because of it yeah that's actually a really good idea I was thinking like we should definitely share school sheets more because I've got your score sheets and then I've got James's from Western Coffee. But other than that, I've never really seen anybody else's. So, yeah, that's a really good idea, actually. Because, yeah, even like, I don't know, I haven't seen Ian's score sheet, but obviously he's done really well. But maybe actually his signature drink, for example, like maybe there's certain areas that he lost points for. And then it would be useful to kind of understand that, too, and see where that can be improved. Because... There's, I mean, there's always improvements, isn't there, on everybody's 
<laughs> yeah, definitely. Like last year we had um the Been There Done That events run by Ollie Jones where I think there were like some brews and then Deanna was there and she'd sort of like taste them and show you how on like a brewer's cup score sheet that coffee would look and then you could taste the same coffee and almost kind of like calibrate with the judges in a non sort of biased way. Like you've you've not gone with your competition coffee and been like, you know, score this and let me read it. Uh, I think doing something along those lines for the Bristol Championships, for Espresso, would be really interesting. Like, if the sponsor provides a sponsor coffee, and you can taste that with the judges and see how they'd score that, I think that would be really useful to a load of competitors. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I guess, yeah, if there's a way you could do it with, like, signature drinks too... Not only would it be really useful, but it'd also just be really fun. Like, I'd love to try people's signature drinks. <laughs> Maybe we need to organise the big signature drink party and just go all out. Yeah, you know what? I'd be up for that. I'd make people my signature drink because it was fun to make. <laughs> the wheels are in motion. We're going to make it happen. Yeah, nice. Awesome. Well, thank you, Zoe, for joining me on the podcast. Um, Was there anything else you wanted to say before we end the thing? Um, Just if you're thinking about entering competition, do it. Nobody remembers if you do badly. That is is what I would say. (laughs) Tale as old as time. Like, if you don't do well, nobody cares, nobody knows. Exactly. Awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Hello Judges. I had a great time chatting with Zoe, covering loads of good insights into what it takes to do well as a first-time competitor. Definitely keep your eyes out to see how Zoe does in UKBC 2024. My guest next time is World Aeropress Champion and Dutch Barista Champion, Wendelian Van Bunnik. Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date. You can email me at hellojudgespodcast at gmail.com and I ask please do not assess this podcast until after I have called time. Thank you. Time.